Good morning, everybody. Just a quick class with breakfast. Uh, we'll let Rabbi uh, Fari do all of the dedications because I, I don't have that long. Uh, just uh, there's a halacha that tells us when we read the Megillah that we're not allowed to read the Megillah out of order. We have to read the Megillah in the order it comes in. And the question, why? Why, if you don't read it in order, is it? Because when you go through the Megillah, you really can't understand what's flying. You're looking at different things. You think that they're, they're not good, right? You see Mordechai doesn't want to bow down to Haman, or Mordechai hears uh, what the guys are saying. Esther is taken into the palace. Uh, the, the edict is passed. All of these terrible things happen. And uh, you don't see how everything is part of the whole story until you come to the very end. And one of the things the rabbis tell us is that you have to always look at life and realize that it's very hard to judge life when you're inside the picture. Until you could stand back and you could see the whole picture, you rarely understand. And in life, we rarely understand. But sometimes we get a glimpse and it gives us a little glimpse to show us that there's someone putting everything together. Today's the Yahzeit of Moshe Rabbeinu. Even in Moshe's life, you could think, how could I understand? Moshe is born, he goes to live with the Egyptians. Even with the Egyptians, he grabs the fire, burns his tongue. How is this guy going to be anything in his life? And then you see, he goes and he works for the Egyptians. He becomes a general in the Egyptian army. Then he comes back, and what does he do? He kills, he kills an Egyptian, and then they want to kill him. He runs away, and you think it's all over. And then he comes back, and then he, he, he comes back, and he comes to Paro, and then it's worse things. And then he has to come back again, and then everything starts. So we don't understand life when we look at individual things. I just want to share with you a crazy story I heard. So, uh, so Yimach uh, Shemam, the, the Arabs, my, my son had a friend, and they, he got killed. his friend got killed yesterday. He was one of the guys who unfortunately, he was, he was shot, this Ilan Ganelis. He was a friend of my son. And, uh, and, you, and, and, it, and you see the, 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 ter- the terrible tragedy when we lose people. So I, I heard a story on uh, Friday, and it was regarding, it was, it was a story that was uh, recorded by Rabbi Yaakov Frank. Rabbi Yaakov Frank is a, is a rabbi in Petach Tichva. He's 95 years old. His grandfather was Rav Svi, Rav Svi, Rav Svi Pesach Frank. And this, uh, this rabbi was born in 1929. He was born, uh, he was born on the 17th of August in 1929. And what happened was, his grandfather, who would be the chief rabbi of Israel from 1930 until his passing, he had, in 1929, he was supposed to go to, uh, to uh, Hebron for his niece's... Uh, his niece lived in Hebron, and they were going to have a wedding celebration. And he was supposed to go on Shabbat, which would have been the 18th of Av. But what happened was his grandson was born on the Shabbat prior and he had to cancel his visit to come because of the baby who was born. So he wasn't in Hebron on the, on the 18th and that was the day that the Arabs, they went and they, they literally killed uh, the Jews in Hebron with knives and axes. And he would have been in this house of Eliezer Dan Slonim, who his house, he thought he was protected. He had his Arab business partner who was in the house with him when they came to attack. And he, he, he opened the door for them and said, don't worry, they won't do anything. They ended up killing 25 people in that house. So he says that when his Brit Milah happened, even in Yerushalayim, they were shooting. And his grandfather couldn't come. His father went with his uncle. They ended up going to the hospital where the Brit Milah was going to be. 
And there, Rab, who was there? They couldn't get a minyan. Then Rav Aryeh Levine comes. And what does he do? He goes outside in the shooting to get 10 guys to bring them in for the Brit Milah. So he tells a story that he told when he went to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He says that there was a young man from America who was in the yeshiva in, uh, in Hebron. And his parents wanted him to come home. So they wrote a letter to the Rosh Yeshiva in Hebron. And they said, you know, we're nervous, the situation in Israel. We want our son to come home. And the rabbi, who was the head of the yeshiva, went to Rav Svi Pesach Frank, who was the chief rabbi, and said, could you do me a favor, write a letter to the parents and tell them it's safe in Hebron. So the rabbi wrote a letter to the parents. And in the letter, he said he would personally look out for the welfare of this boy. And don't worry, everything is fine in Hebron. And what happened? Obviously, it wasn't fine. And this boy, he was killed. And the rabbi said for the, for the rest of his life, him and the 67 other people in Hebron were killed. For the rest of his life, he thought about the fact that he assured the parents that he would be responsible for this boy. What happens? Fast forward 1960. His son, his grandson, Rav Yaakov Frank, is on his miluim, his, uh, his armed, uh, his reserves, reserve duty. And he's, he's there and it's 1960 and it's pouring rain when they're on reserve duty and they were digging uh, ditches or something. And, and he said it was just the, the worst kind of thing and the rain didn't stop and they were flooded and they were out all night. And it was finally three o'clock in the morning and they didn't know what to do and the commander said, look for shelter. And he sees the guy next to him, and the guy next to him, you know, started to have a conversation. He says, what's your name? My name's Yaakov Frank. He goes, oh, you're related to Rabbi Svi Pesach Frank. You know, everyone's going to tell you, he's a chief rabbi. He says, yeah, it's my grandfather. He goes, he goes uh, so they start to talk about the massacre, and this guy turns out to be a historian. And he's a historian of the Hishuv, of Israel before 1948. And he says, my grandfather was so upset that he told this boy to stay. And he says, let me tell you the rest of the story. He says, when this boy died, his parents were very, very important people in America. They were very wealthy and very politically connected. And what happened was that they, that they blamed the British for their kid dying. Because the reality was the Arabs had knives and they had, they had axes. The British had guns and the British just stood around. And at some point in the afternoon, the British decided to get involved. They fired a couple of shots and the Arabs went running. So had the British stopped in the morning and fired a couple of shots, the Arabs would have gone running. And this guy made such a stink day after day, pressing the American government, pressing the press, that the British government was so embarrassed about the situation that they fired the guy who was in charge of Israel and they appointed a new guy. And this new guy's name was General Arthur Rocco. And this General Arthur Rocco was appointed in 1931 and he stayed through 1937. And he started to tour the land and he had a love for the Jewish people. He issued 200,000 entry permits into the country during that period, that six years that he was there. He says, you don't realize what that meant. The British weren't letting anyone in. He basically changed the whole thing to let people in. They said hundreds of thousands of people from the Holocaust were saved because of him and others came. And if you look at the population of Israel in 1930 compared to 1948, he said it was 150,000. In 1948, it was 600,000. In the War of Independence, we lost 6,000 people, which was 1% of the population. He said, just imagine for a second, if this guy Arthur Rocco wasn't around, you would have had a yeshuv of 150, 200,000 people. You would have had no chance in the war in 1948. He says, you don't realize something. 
that when your grandfather didn't send, told this boy to stay and Hashem killed him, it was a terrible thing. But because this boy died, his parents pressed and this guy Arthur Rocco changed. And you have to realize that this boy could have been responsible for the victory in 1948, for the fact that there's a state of Israel today. All of this based on this boy. So he said he heard this story. He said, I have to go tell my grandfather. So the commander said, okay, you, you guys can go home. It's raining, forget it. We're skipping. It's Thursday night, just go home. He says he went home. He went to his, his wife. He told his wife his story. And he, told, and, and he said, I have to go tell my grandfather. She says, but it's Thursday night. Where are you going to go? We're going to Jerusalem anyway. We go every Shabbat. You see your grandfather every Shabbat. Just wait for Shabbat. He says, no, I have to go tell my grandfather the story. She says, okay, go, but you're exhausted. You're soaking. You did I'm going. He goes to his grandfather. His grandfather's late at night. He says, what's the matter? He goes, I have to tell you a story. He says, couldn't wait for Shabbat. He goes, no, I have to tell you. He says, okay, sit down, have a cup of tea, tell me the story. He tells his grandfather the story that this guy told him, this Arthur Roca, what happened because of, of this boy who died. His grandfather said, I can't tell you how appreciative I am that you came to tell me the story. Could have waited for Shabbat, but you took such a weight off of me that I can't, I can't describe what it means to me. He says, so he went back home. Shabbat morning, he's walking to his grandfather, an hour and a half walk. On the way, he passes his brother-in-law's house. He says, don't bother going to Saba. He says, why? He goes, Saba passed away at 8 o'clock this morning. He says, it's unbelievable. He says, years later, he, became, uh, he, became, he was a guy who was developing the, the territories. So when Menachem Begin got elected in 77, he was trying to raise money for the territories. And uh, he was behind Ariel. He was behind the Hebron Yishuv. He was, did a lot of things. So he came to America, and Menachem Begin said, go to see the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Lubavitcher Rebbe says, you know, who are you? Oh, you're related to the rabbi? He goes, yes, tell me a story, tell me a story, tell me a story. He says, it was 2 o'clock in the morning. They told him you could only be with the rabbi for 15 minutes. He ended up staying with the rabbi till 3.30. In the end, he told him this story. The rabbi said, I always tell my people, when you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, do it right away. Because you never know if you're going to have that opportunity to come back again. He said, let me tell you one thing that you don't think about. Could you just imagine if that Thursday night you didn't go see your grandfather? And if he passed away Shabbat morning on your way to go see him and tell him the story, what guilt you would have felt for the rest of your life and how much it would have eaten away at you. He says, always we have to be zedid. We always have to rush to do, a, to, do, to do a mitzvah. He says, we have to realize in life that we don't understand the picture. This poor rabbi sat all these years with this guilt. And he said he, was, he felt terrible. It was still his fault the kid died. But at the same time, as a result of an action, look at what happened. Look at what's possible. Look at what could be. We don't understand the, pic- the story. We're a little dot in the painting. We're st- trying to see the picture from the painting. It's impossible to see. We have to sometimes hear a story like this to realize that the other crazy things that may happen in our life that we don't understand why they're happening, they're part of a big plan. We're a cog in the plan. But what do we have to do? We have to do what we're supposed to do. We have the opportunity to do something. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait six months. Take the opportunity and do it now because you don't know what a difference your action will make in the world. Baruch Adonai Dolam, Amen Amen. We have ten. Rabbi Chanin Yavik Hashem Yeretzak Hadush Baruch Hu Zachoy Israel Lefiicha Chipala Hem Torah Mitzvot Shneimar.